Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Well, we continue in our series through the Lord's Prayer, where we're looking at the Lord's Prayer line by line. And today we've got to the line which is found in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12. And it says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And last week, you'll remember, we looked at the first part, which was, and forgive us our debts, all about asking God to forgive us, to forgive our debts. And you remember that in Aramaic, the language that Jesus was speaking, they only had one word for both debts and sin. The Aramaic word koba means both debts and sin. And of course, when you wrong someone, when you've offended someone, you owe them. You owe them apology. You might owe them compensation. You are in their debt. And when we offend God... We owe God. We're in God's debt. And so we pray, forgive us our debts. Today we're going to look at the second part, which says, as we also have forgiven our debtors. This is all about forgiving other people who have wronged us and offended us. People who owe us, who owe us an apology. They might owe us compensation. They're in our debt. And this was a real distinctive in the Lord's Prayer. You see, at that time, at the time of Jesus, there were many, many Jewish prayers. And there were many Jewish prayers that would pray, Your kingdom come. They would pray, Forgive us our sins. But they never, ever prayed, As we also have forgiven others. They would pray, Forgive us our sins. And judge those who have wronged us. Jesus is completely unique in not asking God to judge those who have wronged us, but rather encouraging us to pray as as we also have forgiven our debtors. Completely unique. And Jesus also modeled this prayer. When Jesus is on the cross, in Luke chapter 23 and verse 34, Jesus prays, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. To be forgiven and to forgive. But can we really forgive? Just for a moment, quickly think about the worst thing anyone's ever done to you. Maybe they said something to you or about you. Maybe they did something to you. Maybe it was a a close friend or a family member and they really hurt you. Just think about that for a moment. Bring that to mind. And now Jesus says, Forgive them. But when we think about that time, that that terrible moment, that moment when they hurt us and all those memories come back and all those feelings comes back, the question is why? Why should we forgive? Where's the justice in that? And we like justice, don't we? Well, at least I do. When someone's wronged me and offended me, I want justice. 
I want payback. I want them to do their time and to pay the price. Because it seems fair. It seems just. So why should we forgive? Well, Jesus seems to have a very different perspective. And Jesus turns the whole idea of justice upside down when he tells the parable in Matthew chapter 18 and verses 23 to 35, the parable of the unforgiving servant. And we read from verse 23, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Okay, let's just pause for a moment. So this guy owes 10,000 bags of gold. Okay, just imagine that. 10,000 bags of gold. Now, a lot of translations uh, use the phrase 10,000 talents. That's probably a more literal translation, 10,000 talents. And 10,000 was the biggest number they had. In in those days, they didn't have a number that was bigger than 10,000. It was the biggest number they had. And a talent was the biggest monetary unit they had. They didn't have a monetary unit that was bigger than a talent. We have pence and pounds. You might have cents and euro or cents and dollars. And a pound is of far more value than a, than a penny. And a bitcoin is way more valuable than a pound. A bitcoin is worth about 3,000 pounds. In those days, they had, a, they had many different currency units, monetary units. And a talent was by far the greatest. It's kind of equivalent to today's Bitcoin. And so they simply didn't have a greater amount of money. You, couldn't, you just couldn't even think of a, a greater amount of money than, than 10,000 talents. And that's why the NRV has translated it as 10,000 bags of gold, so that we will realize this is by far the, the greatest monetary value you can possibly think of. In today's terms, it would be about six billion pounds. Okay? Six billion pounds. This guy owes six billion pounds. It's an unpayable debt. It's impossible to pay back uh, that amount of debt. It's an unpayable, it's a huge unpayable debt. Here we continue reading from verse 26. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Okay, stop it. He let him go? He he canceled the debt. He canceled the unpayable debt, the six billion pound debt. He just canceled it. Wow. That is grace. Undeserved favor. Justice is getting what you deserve. 
this guy deserved to be thrown into jail until he could pay back every last penny. That would be justice. But it was impossible for him to pay back such an amount. It was impossible for him to pay back that debt. What he needed was grace. Forgiveness. And this is our situation. We've all sinned. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. There is selfishness and greed within our hearts. And our sin is like this unpayable debt. We owe God this unpayable debt. Now, you might be thinking, well, I might owe God, but it's just a small debt. I mean, I just owe God a little bit. The reality is we all owe God a huge debt, an unpayable debt. We can't pay it back. But the good news is, the amazing thing is, God cancels the debt. And it's costly. It cost the money lender six billion pounds. He was six billion pounds out of pocket. It was very costly. Jesus pays the price for our forgiveness. Jesus pays the price by dying on the cross for us so we can be forgiven. It's extremely costly. Well, the story continues, and we read from verse 28. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. In today's terms, that's about 12,000 pounds. So it's a lot of money. But in comparison to the six billion pounds, it's insignificant. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Wow. So this guy who has his six billion pound debt canceled, refuses to forgive and, and cancel this other guy who owes him 12,000. This guy who has received unbelievable mercy and forgiveness refuses to show mercy and forgiveness to someone else who owes a lot less. Where's the justice in that? Is that fair? Is that just? Is that right? No. It's completely unjust. But isn't that how we behave? God forgives us. And then we refuse to forgive others who hurt us. Isn't that how we operate? Where's the justice in that? Is that fair? Is that right? Of course not. Having your six billion pound debt cancelled and then refusing to cancel someone else's 12,000 pound debt is unjust. It's unfair. And you see how Jesus has taken the whole question of justice and turned it upside down and on its head. 
We think, uh, I, I can't possibly forgive them. I, I can't just let them off the hook. Where's the justice in that? That'll be unfair. That'll be unjust. And Jesus says, no, no, no. If you refuse to forgive them, that's unjust. Having your six billion pound debt canceled and then refusing to cancel someone else's 12,000 pound debt, that's unfair, that's unjust. We continue reading the story in verse 31. When the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged and went, to the, went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had had mercy, just as I had on you? And the answer to that question is obvious. Yes. Yes, he should have. God expects us to forgive other people who have hurt us just as he has forgiven you. We continue reading from verse 34. In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could, should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Now, that's intense, right? But what we discover over here is that there is a very intimate connection between God's forgiveness and our forgiveness. Now, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean we have to forgive other people in order to earn our forgiveness. The parable makes it clear that God's forgiveness comes first. The point of the parable is this. It's simply unthinkable. It's simply impossible to enjoy God's forgiveness and then refuse to forgive other people who have hurt us. When we truly come to realize how much God has forgiven us, and how much it cost him, that it cost Jesus his life, then the question is no longer, how can I forgive this person? But how can I not forgive this person? See, what Jesus is saying over here is that if you refuse to forgive someone, that just reveals that you don't know how much God has forgiven you. And that just reveals that you don't know how much that forgiveness cost God. Now, this is not suggesting that we have to forgive others in order to earn our forgiveness, but it is suggesting that if you are unable to forgive other people, it's revealing that you aren't forgiven, that you don't know God's forgiveness. The first step towards forgiving others is coming to realize how much God has forgiven you. 
But what? What is forgiveness? Firstly, forgiveness is not forgetting. Sometimes people think that if you forgive someone, that means you're going to forget what happened. And and that when the person who wronged you and hurt you walks into the room, you're going to have this warm, fuzzy feeling and you're going to feel all happy. It will never happen. Every time you see them, every time their name is mentioned, all those memories will come back and all those feelings of hurt will return. Forgiveness is not forgetting. God doesn't forgive and forget. When the Bible says God forgives and forgets, or when God says, for example, in Jeremiah 31 and verse 34, for I will forgive their wickedness, I will remember their sins no more, it doesn't mean that God literally forgets. He is God. He is all-knowing. He doesn't literally forget. What this passage means is that God chooses to remember your sins no more. God chooses not to hold your sin against you anymore. God chooses to treat you as though you never sinned. And when we forgive someone, it does not mean we will forget, but it means we choose not to hold that wrong against them anymore, that we choose not to bring it up again and use it against them. Secondly, forgiveness is not tolerating sin, so that the person can just come back and hurt us again and again. God forgives, but he really does not tolerate sin. So for example, If a boyfriend is abusing his girlfriend, or vice versa, is it right for the girlfriend to forgive him? Yes, it is right. But is it right for her to tolerate continued abuse? No. Absolutely not. God will never tolerate any form of abuse, whether it's physical, emotional, or sexual. So when, for example, a boyfriend is abusing a girlfriend, of course she needs to forgive him, but she also needs to draw a line in the sand and say no more. She needs to leave him immediately and report him Because abuse will always continue until a line has been drawn in the sand and he's been reported. Now this is important because in the past, some Christians have thought, oh well yes, my boyfriend abuses me and he hits me, but Jesus says I need to forgive him and love him, so so that's what I'm doing, I'm, I'm staying with him. That's not forgiveness. And that is not love. The most loving thing you can do for him is leave him immediately and report him so that he can get some help. And then forgive him so that you can be set free from all the hurt and the pain and the abuse. 
Forgiveness is not tolerating sin. Thirdly, forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiving someone doesn't mean that you will become friends. At least not necessarily. They might not want to be your friend. They may never say sorry. When Jesus was on the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Pilate and the Roman guards didn't want to be Jesus' friend. And they didn't say sorry. Yet he forgives them. Forgiveness is not dependent on becoming the person's friend. Forgiveness is not dependent on the other person saying sorry. Forgiveness is only dependent upon you choosing to forgive them. And you don't even have to tell them that you've forgiven them. Fourthly, forgiveness is not seeking revenge. And this is key. Often when people think they need to forgive someone, what they think they're saying effectively is that it's okay. Don't worry about it. It doesn't really matter. It's no big deal. You know, it was only on Snapchat. It doesn't really count. That's not what God is saying. God is saying this is not okay and this really does matter. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 19, it says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. One day, the person who has hurt you and done this to you is going to have to stand before God. And they're going to have a lot of explaining to do. Forgiveness is choosing not to seek revenge, but to trust God, to to hand it over to God, to hand whatever they did and all the hurt that they caused you, to hand that over to God and to trust God to put it right on your behalf. And then to walk away in freedom. When you forgive someone, you will still have to live with the consequences of what they've done. And that may seem unfair to you. But the reality is, you're going to have to live with the consequences of what they've done, whether you forgive them or not. The only choice you have is, are you going to live with those consequences from a place of bitterness or freedom. For when we forgive someone, it, 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 it feels as though we're letting them off the hook. It feels as though we, we're setting them free. But in reality, what you will discover is that you've set yourself free. Free from bitterness and free from the pain of the past. And it's only through forgiveness that we can overcome evil. 
It's only through forgiveness that we can overcome evil within the world and evil within our own heart. How? How do we forgive? Well, it's a choice we make. It's a choice where we choose to hand it over to God, to trust God, and not to hold it against them anymore. And we need to be intentional about that. We need to be intentional about choosing to forgive them even when we don't feel like it. If you're going to wait until you feel like forgiving someone, you will never forgive them because you will never feel like forgiving someone who's hurt you. You need to be intentional. You need to choose to forgive. And that's not easy. It's tough. Every time you see them, all the memories will come back, all the hurt will come flooding back. And in that, and in the midst of all that hurt, you need to choose to not hold that against them. It's tough. You need to face the hurt, you need to face the pain and choose to let go. To let go of all that hatred. All that hatred that you have inside yourself towards them. You need to choose to let go. And it's not easy. It's not easy. But every time you do it, every time you make that choice, it gets a little easier. Until eventually one day, those feelings are completely gone. We're now going to be watching a video clip of a, of a lady by the name of Terry Okori Ten Boom. She was a, well, she's a Christian and she's a Dutch lady. And she and her whole family was, were sent to a Nazi concentration camp because they were hiding Jews in their house. This was obviously during the Second World War. While she was at the concentration camp, she witnessed her whole family dying, being killed. She was particularly heartbroken when her sister Betsy died. Many years later, one of the prison guards, one of the prison guards from that very concentration camp came to her and asked her to forgive him. And this is her story. It was some time ago that I was in Berlin and there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Boom, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man that was one of the most cruel officers, guards in the concentration, in concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian. I have found the Lord Jesus. I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world, also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done. But then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom wants him here forgiven. Will you forgive me? And I could not. 
When I was in a concentration camp, one of the most terrible things I had to go through was that they stripped us of all our clothing. And we had to stand naked. The first time was the worst. I said, Betsy, I cannot bear this. And suddenly it was as if I saw Jesus at the cross. And the Bible tells, they took his garments, he hanged there naked. And I knew he hanged there for me, for my sins. And by my suffering, I understood a fraction of the suffering of Jesus Christ. And it made me so thankful that I could bear my suffering. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. Do you know that Jesus has said that? When you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, my heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. And I, I knew, oh, I'm not ready for Jesus coming because I have no forgiveness for my sins. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5, 5. The love of God is shed abroad into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And I said, thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who is given to me. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment, I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. Let's just spend a moment in silence. Let's just pause for a moment and ask the Holy Spirit if there's anyone that you, we need to forgive. Maybe you just want to pray, Holy Spirit, will you show us now if there's anyone in our lives, past or present, that we need to forgive. And then in the quietness of your heart, pray, God, I choose to forgive. And, and name that person for and describe what they did and said or, or did not do and did not say, which makes me feel. And just very honestly and openly describe how, how you feel. Maybe you felt alone, rejected, hurt, or betrayed. And then simply pray, God, I choose to hand it over to you. I choose to forgive them. And then just pause for a moment and just allow God in, in, in this moment of 
of stillness to allow God by his Holy Spirit to pour his love and his grace into you. Allow God to pour his forgiveness into you so that you be able to forgive. Maybe as we go into the final song, maybe you just need to stay uh, seated. Maybe you just need to spend some time soaking in God's presence and allowing God to minister to you during this time. And it's okay and it's normal and it's natural to feel emotional, even to cry. That's okay because it means that you're being honest and you're being real with God. So perhaps you need to remain in an attitude of prayer and just remain seated and please feel free to do that. Well, the rest of us are going to sing, I know not why, God's wondrous grace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.